Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. Jeff Stafford is off duty this week, so I'll be stepping in to host and also hopefully provide some winners along the way. I'm joined by SBK Betting Podcast regular Ross Miller, who put up 20 to 1 Beecher Chase third percussion last week. Very nice each way return there, Ross. My Nap Broadway boy also won, went in at 5 to 2, which is good. And I gave a, a good shout out as well to Ashtown Lad, who won the Beecher uh, very impressively for the Skeletons. So we had a decent day all in all between us at Aintree. Ross, firstly, how are you? Have you avoided the latest influx of the uh, the Lurgy as I've unfortunately succumbed to it? Yeah, I've I had a bit of a cough actually over the weekend and I've shaken it off pretty quick. Um, I've been flying a fair bit, which I don't think helps the uh, helps the immune system all that well. But I'm, I'm in pretty good form and, and better than you by the sounds of things. Well, yeah, yeah, you do sound in good shape, to be fair. Um, hopefully you continue to bypass illnesses. One thing I don't want to be bypassing this week is jumps racing. There's a threat that we won't have any jumps racing due to the wintry conditions, lots of frost about, plenty of racing called off midweek. Cheltenham, they're, they're looking to inspect on Friday, probably again on Saturday, but hopefully it gets the go-ahead because if Cheltenham doesn't go ahead, then it looks likely to be a pretty poor week on the racing front. Nevertheless, if it does go ahead, we have the December Gold Cup at Cheltenham. One of the very few races this Saturday, actually, that looks competitive. I think 15 runners currently declared, 11-2 to two the favourite right now in Il Rodotto. Ross, I went back and watched the podcast for this race last year. I unfortunately wasn't on it. I think it was yourself, Jess and James Millman. You gave a really good shout out to Cool Cody, but you changed your mind and went with Sierra Delac. Cool Cody went on to win the race. Firstly, are you over that decision yet? Secondly, who do you like in this year's renewal? Uh, am I over it? Yeah, I, I, I get past things pretty quick. Um, I was really disappointed with Sierra Delac that day. I just remember, I mean, it just never raised a gallop. I was bitterly disappointed um cool cody is one of those horses that actually even if you haven't got your money down on him if he wins you can't help but break into a bit of a smile as for as for this year it's a bit of a changing the guard really isn't it because a lot of the old favorites that have run in this sort of race for the last two or three years aren't there um the, i've come down on two uh warlord i think has just been crying out for this step up in trip um runs off a mark of 148 after getting dropped a pound for perhaps a, a below par run in the in the Holden Gold Cup last time. Um, I thought he just got outpaced and was actually making pretty good steady inroads into the leading uh, two when he made a mistake and that sort of put pay to any chance he had stayed on quite nicely. His form over hurdles, admittedly starting off a fairly low mark of 120, he improved about a stone for stepping up from two mile to, to trips of sort of around about two mile three, two mile four. I don't think he's going to improve that much because he's running off a, a higher mark already. He's clearly a better chase than he was hurdler. But I think if he can improve a bit for this step up and trip, which I think he will, I, I think he's got a great chance. And his career best piece of form came at Cheltenham. Now, that was on the old course, and we're now on the new course, which is a bit more uh, of a stamina test. And that was over two miles in the Arkle. But that form received a really big boost last week with Edward Stone uh, winning the Tingle Creek in impressive fashion. Uh, it was 10 lengths behind Edward Stone, staying on really well to the line. I think off a mark of 148, he's got a great chance back up in trip. Uh, and then the other one I do really like, I mentioned him on our um, uh, ultimate podcast previewing the season. It's a horse I really like. It's Fugitive. Uh, now, he steps up to two mile four for the first time in a race that was winnable. He did run uh, over two mile four around Sandown last year, but the yard was out of form and it was a very hot race won by uh, Lon Presse. Uh, he made a really nice reappearance run at Cheltenham, tracing uh, home a Colin Tizard horse, Amarillo Sky, 
sorry, Joe Tizard horse, Amarillo Sky. Better not get that wrong. Um, Amarillo Sky has since come out and won again <laughs> at Newbury in really good fashion. Um, now, Amarillo Sky is now 1-5-1. Fugitive was getting £9, but he was only beaten a length. He got outpaced down the hill, again on the sharper old course. Hung a little bit up the straight, but stayed on really well and was closing right the way to the line. Runs here off a mark of 133. And I'll just give you two bits of form from last year. Now, he was a bit in and out last year, but we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times that Richard Hobson's yard in, in general was. But his first run out over Worcester, um, he beat the 117 rated across the line by 10 lengths. It could have been 110 lengths. You will never see an easier winner uh, of, a, of a chase. Um, then didn't run well at Haydock, but actually got struck into. Uh, then third run back at Newcastle was a really cosy four-length winner um, from Dream of Homes, who's 135 rated. Runs off 133 here. He has been crying out for this step up in trip. I'd be a little bit more confident if the ground was just a touch softer. The, the, the good ground does slightly temper enthusiasm. But a roundabout, I think he was 14, 16 to 1 when I last looked. Uh, I think he's got a massive chance. Keelan Woods has ridden him to victory before. Rode him last time. He clearly handles this track. I think he's got outstanding credentials. Yeah, so Warlord is six to one currently. Fugitive is sixteen to one, as you touched on there, both with SDK. And I respect both of those selections. I, I really did look into Warlord and thought he could have been one of my picks in here, but um he was probably the last off my shortlist, the third most likely winner in my opinion. But I completely respect him. I think he'll run a great race. My number one pick is gonna be Ilvadotto. Now you've already touched on the ultimate jumps preview podcast that we filmed at the start of the jump season, so I'm gonna mention it again. If you haven't checked this out, by the way, make sure you go on a YouTube or a Spotify. The video is up there now and you can see what we think of all the major races throughout the season and our horses to follow, jockeys to follow, etc. Loads of stuff in there. But a horse I put up as my horse to follow uh, in that podcast was Il Rodotto. Now, he also runs in this race, much like Ross's Fugitive. Um, Il Rodotto ran at Cheltenham's November meeting. I thought he had a great chance that day. I went down to Cheltenham to watch because I was confident he was going to be bang there. I actually had a pretty successful day, a bit of classic after time in there. Um, but unfortunately, Il Rodotto wasn't one of the winners. He finished fourth. Thought he ran a great race though. He traveled really well. He turned in for home looking like the most likely winner and just kind of blew up up the hill. He didn't have the speed uh, of the first three that day, but he ran really well. First run back from wind surgery. Now we see him again at Cheltenham. And I said in that podcast, if Ilwar Dotto runs at Cheltenham in a big field handicap, then I will be backing him this season. So guess what? I'm going in again. There is no reason why I shouldn't. I think he's still well treated. Paul Nichols does fantastically well with all of his horses, but specifically chasers. So Irodotto is my number one selection, but he's likely to be favourite in this race, uh, albeit around 5-1, to 11-2 mark. So I thought I'd uh, go in with a second selection as well, which is Frero Bamboo. Now, Venetia Williams trains Frero Bamboo. She has been firing on all cylinders over the last two months. She's already had four winners in December at the time of filming. I think she had eight in November as well. Really good strike rate. Frero Bamboo has run twice this year, both at Ascot in competitive races. Last time up, showed good speed, jumped really well but got done for a little bit of toe over an inadequate trip, two mile one furlongs, now steps up in trip, which I think will see him in better light. And he'll have no issues with the ground whatsoever, given he's run on good ground the last twice. Before we come on to Ross's best bets of the weekend and my best bet as well, here is a reminder that there are plenty of excellent podcasts going out on SBK platforms right now. Not only do we have the SBK World Cup podcast, which features Gary Pallister and Lee Sharp, especially for you ex-Man United fans or Man United fans currently, but we have an, a weekly NFL podcast too that I film with the brilliant Nat Coombs. Nat will tell us a little bit more about SBK Edge Rush now. 
SBK Edge Rush drops every week with me and Propo demonstrating, well, why there is such a gulf, quite frankly, even in NFL terms between Generation X and Gen Z. We get you set on the sharp side of the week's action with our favorite looks, tips, and steers. Yep, there are Propo's prop bets. Of course, there's our SBK Edge Rush Acker, and naturally the most important battle of all, me and all going head to head with our Drew Locks of the week. So if you haven't already, Check out me, Propo, and occasionally Coco and Pebbles over on SBK Edge Rush. And no, Propo still hasn't watched The Wire. Okay, on to our naps, Ross. Fortunately, we are both uh, present in the WhatsApp group, so I managed to see your nap before we're filming this podcast. And I have to say, given the inside track on this, I love your pick. Tell everyone who it is. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you agree, TC. I was... This horse really caught my eye last time. So it's uh, we've all been caught. Uh, Nigel Twist and Davis um, caught my eye really for a lot of wrong reasons. I mean, he's jumping. It looked like he'd never seen a hurdle, actually. He was ballooning them. He was very guessy. Um, and it was in a race um, where there was a lot of pace up front. And Sam Twist Davis, I think, had to put him under more pressure at a point of the race when he really didn't want to. And his jumping slightly fell apart. He just looks a bit slow in truth. That was over two mile five. Again, as we've been talking, on the old course, much sharper now steps up to three miles on the new course. I think that's going to suit him really, really well. Um, he stayed on. I mean, he looked like he was going to fall at the back of the telly at the top of the hill, stayed on, beaten 10 lengths. The winner, I think, is a, a very useful horse, and he was making great inroads up the hill. Um, I was a little bit disappointed looking at the opening market that I, I slightly thought the Paul Nichols trained outlaw Pete might take a bit more of the a bit more of the market with being a Paul Nichols Saturday horse. I thought there might be uh, a, a slight closeness in the in the price and there's not at the moment but i think this horse is is absolutely cut out for three miles it's got really good bumper form uh, winning at newbury the runner-up collector's item won over hurdles first time the fourth place fire stream he absolutely bolted up first time over hurdles at chepstow by something like 20 lengths i think that form looks solid enough i think he's gonna take a big step forward particularly with his jumping i'm sure he'll have done plenty of schooling since that debut run and i think he's gonna take all the beating albeit at a slightly skinny price yeah, we've all been caught 13 to 8 currently with SBK. I imagine he'll go off shorter. I think he should be favourite in the race, despite the fact that Paul Nichols has a, a decent unexposed runner at the top of the market currently in the anti-post markets. Surprisingly enough, and I think this is a first actually, Ross, uh, I'm agreeing with you with our naps. Um, my nap also on Saturday is we've all been caught in the three o'clock at Cheltenham. I won't bore you with the form that Ross has just brilliantly told you the ins and outs of. Um, I think he has great form. That run at Cheltenham the other day when he was third to Hermes Allen was very creditable. That was, again, a day that I was there. And I tipped him because I thought he was going to run a good race. Nigel Twiston Davis previously said that he thought this was a Gold Cup horse for the future. Now, the trip would have never suited if that's the case. It was two and a half miles. But he stayed on up the hill, as Ross touched on, really powerfully. He was a huge eye catcher. What I will add uh, that Ross didn't mention is the fact that trainers are uh, creatures of habit. When a trainer has gone a route before with a, a smart horse, they will go that route again. Nigel Twiston Davis has targeted this race in the past. Ever since 2014, he's targeted this race. He's won it with Black Lion. He's won it with Holstone. He's actually won it on three occasions and had two placed runners. I think he tends to run his future star chasers in this race over hurdles just to prove that they can get the trip. We've all been caught. We'll love the step up distance as Ross, Ross touched on. And I really think he is the best bet of the day. Now, it's time for the next best. I really struggled with this section, I have to admit. But Ross, you said you had one. 
yeah, I, I do. He's a, he's a bit of a clear force, actually, um, but I love him. It's uh, the Nicky Richard-trained Marone, uh, who runs in the 205 at Doncaster. He just absolutely disappeared last season, having had a really promising novice uh, chase season, winning two races. Um, and then last year, it just, for whatever reason, didn't happen. On his debut, he ran abysmally, and it, and it didn't get much better. I think he only ran three times. But he returned this year over two mile four air and looked much, much more like it. Uh, finished just behind Alvis de Mayle, who's run since. He's now rated 141. Um, he was getting four pound. He was beaten just, just over a length. Now steps back up to three miles on good ground on a galloping track. He's seven pound below his last winning mark. If he's back to the sort of form he was in as a novice chaser, he's absolutely chucked in. Um, like I said, he has been a bit of a cliff horse for me. He can win this, and I think I'll still be in a net loss uh, situation with him. But Brian Hughes is on board, rode him last time. You know what it's like on a on a Saturday up north. Brian Hughes can pick what he wants to ride. Um, I think it's notable that he's he's chosen Marone, and I'd be really uh, keen to see this horse get back on track. Yeah, Marone is a five-time winner from 13 career starts, despite his recent form figures uh, looking a bit off, as Ross has just touched on there. But he's got good back form in the book and represents an informed team. No price currently on him at the time of filming on Thursday, but I'm sure he's going to be around the top of the market, having looked at the current field and the fact that I think three of the runners are also engaged elsewhere. Um, my next best, as I say, I struggled in this area. I thought the race was pretty poor on Saturday, Cheltenham aside, um, and we've already touched on the nap and the main race. Um, so I looked at the all-weather because, you know, I love flat racing. And the four o'clock at Newcastle, a horse called Cariad Angel was the horse I came down on. Um, I mean, this is a bad race, right? But at the same time, this two-year-old filly ran on soft grounds on her first two starts. So you can put a line through those efforts. Last time out on the all-weather, finished a really good second to a horse trained by William Haggis called Nine Tenths. That horse is well capable of running in top handicaps next year, maybe even a, a listed or a, a group race as well. Carrion Angel just drew miles clear of the rest of the field. In fact, she was five lengths clear of the third, who is rated 69. Carrion Angel has been given a handicap mark of 73, which is fair enough. And I think with the small field, she can perhaps dominate from the front and win this race. Now, we end this show with a stat attack, as per usual. The wintry weather has left our jumps racing in doubt, as we've touched on. So I'll stick to the weather for this as well. Now, Roger Varian has a 27% strike rate at Wolverhampton this year. 11 winners from 41 runners. Just one runner on Saturday, um, and that is Manifest. Uh, he goes in the 5.50 at Wolverhampton. He's three from three on the all-weather. He's probably going to go off favourite. Jim Crowley goes to Wolverhampton just for this ride. But if you love a stat attack, then don't look anywhere other than Manifest at Wolverhampton. A reminder that new SBK customers can bet £10 and get £30 in free bets. P's and C's always apply. Please remember to subscribe um, and view all of our great content. Visit betting.getsbk.com as well to read our articles, lots of tips on there for the World Cup and horse racing and NFL if you like your American sports too. And whack the like button as well if you're watching this on YouTube. Best of luck this weekend, Ross, and to all you listeners at home as well. Hopefully we have some racing to watch. Be lucky. 